Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today I'm joined by Brian McDonald, Revenue Growth Coach for Entrepreneurs, Founders, and Consultants at On Purpose Growth. He has lots going on, so I'm going to leave it for him to tell you more about it. So thank you for joining us, Brian. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate the, the opportunity. And you know, I've been in sales my whole 23, 24 plus year career. And uh, for almost the past 10 years, I've been helping uh, entrepreneurs and consultants who develop some skill or expertise in corporate America that they made a jump to entrepreneurship and utilizing that skill to serve small and medium-sized businesses. They, they, they really go to what they do, but sales is not their natural suit. So I help them run up the score to a million dollars and over. Nice. Yeah, I know post-COVID, everybody became an entrepreneur. And it is true. Like, I'm... Some people are the salespeople. Some people are, the, you know, I, I'm not much of a salesperson. I'm just getting to work. I'll get it done. So yeah. everybody has to have their own special skill. But in order to be an entrepreneur, you're kind of a jack of all trades. You have to do it all. So they need somebody to help guide them through it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Now, the world of sales and consultancy can be both challenging and rewarding. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the uncommon knowledge or out-of-the-box strategies that you bring to your clients in a common-sense world? Yeah, you know, um, some of the best sales tactics are non-sales tactics, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, nobody wants to be sold, but, you know, everybody wants to to buy. So um, it, that's the reason why I like working with the group that I described is because they don't have um, some bad habits that uh, that uh, that that some people develop in sales. And, um, you know, listening and curiosity are two things that are very, I found to be very, very powerful in sales to basically draw out what people want and uh, allow them, the buyer, to be heard and understood. And uh, when you do that well, you create raving, you convert prospects into raving fans, you know, and, and, uh, and you don't have to do much selling, right. That, so uh, there's, you know, people, people think that they have to operate in a certain way and act in a certain way, which they don't like. And like, I'm not saying everybody wants to be used car salesman, but that behavior and that, and that's just not true. You know, so helping people understand that what they believe to be true is not, and they can be themselves and authentic is is fun. Right. I mean, it is true. I mean, I've had, and you mentioned that I've had people had conversations with me where you don't realize it's after the fact, but it's like they just touched on one or two things and I start blabbing, you know, about, yep. you know, and it, it's almost like going to a, um, a, you know, fortune teller type people where they, they don't tell you anything, but they're trying to get all that information out of you. Yep. And somehow you just have to have that skill to have that right conversation. And, you know, here I am, the unsuspected, I'm like, blah, 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 just tell them everything. Yep. But that's not something everybody's good at. You know, you have to learn that skill. And most and people always want to talk about themselves, but you need <laughs> to hear about them. 
<laughs> totally. And, and, you know, I have a belief that I, I help clients acquire and I, I, uh, I uh, see it be true all the time that prospects will tell you exactly what to offer them and how to offer it to them. Right. And people are like, well, wow, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I'll, I'll show you how it works. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. It is true though. I wouldn't have a clue how to do it. So that's awesome that you could teach that skill. <laughs> now you emphasize helping clients with high ticket coaching, which involves successful client acquisitions and retention. So what are some of the key strategies and mindset mindset shifts that are crucial for closing high value deals and building lasting relationships with clients? Yeah, I think the first one comes to mind is mindset over technique, right? The more, the most important thing is uh, getting into the right mindset will allow you um, to be effective, mm -hmm. right? People try to change techniques with the wrong mindset and it doesn't work. So it's, uh, you can screw up a, a technique, but if you have the right mindset, it'll be effective, right? Yeah, lack of a better term. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is, um getting a very deep understanding of your ideal client profile uh not just like a demographic but a psychographic and understanding um their world from their eyes like for instance i was just talking to a client and we were talking about putting on a a webinar and um he's kind of got a niche inside of a niche and uh and he was able to tell me like how the person's thinking and how they experience when they change and then what happens after a change like he can see the path and and it's like it's like clockwork so when you really understand your ideal client profile and not just it's like not just talking about it actually being able to to um illustrate it to an ideal client profile i find clients once they once they get that and they create their strategy around that right. it's lights out um wow. because they also realize that oh actually because you also realize that you could focus you don't have to be everything to everybody uh you have to be a specific thing to a specific profile yeah i mean i guess that's important because you know same with same marketing you know i always say marketing is marketing the only thing that changes is the story and who you're telling it to in a sense but you still have to really understand the company or the client that you're representing. And then you have to understand the mindset of the audience. And now, like you just see it outside, the whole industry's changed. The whole world has changed. Like, you know, you have Gen Z and all of that. I mean, so what we did 20 years ago isn't applicable today because things are totally different. And I see a lot of people get caught up, kind of stuck in the times. They just, they do what they do and then that's it. But you have yep. to kind of evolve and, and understand how the new world is that we're living in. And, you know, we might not like it, but it is what it is. You know, and if you don't understand how to communicate with them, you're just going to be in the dust. <laughs> I think COVID proved to a lot of people that if you're if you if you're not agile and you adapt, you will die. Uh, you could die. Excuse me. <laughs> right. But. Um, you know, I think it's a needed skill, ability, principle in, in the world that we live in because mm -hmm. things can change really fast, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like, like for instance, I had a, a, a mentor of mine had a client who uh, made popcorn machines okay. and they sold to uh, um, movie theaters. Well, when COVID hit, 
They weren't selling anymore. But what was their core business? Their core business was bending metal. So what they actually did is they pivoted and they were agile in the marketplace and they started making machines that um, that uh, sterilized something in hospitals. Okay. And all they did was have a little blip and sh- they went right back up wow. because they were agile because they knew what their core business was and they pointed it at a specific problem, a specific profile had. Right. Yeah, it's funny when you mentioned the popcorn, because I think about that now, too, like, you know, everything was always great when you would go on a Friday night, go to a movie theater and you had the signing chairs and you could watch it. And now, I mean, the minute it's in the even before it's in the movie theaters, you can right. reserve it on your TV <clears throat> and you start calculating if I've got five, six, seven people, what it costs, it's, even though people say, ah, it's $40, it's still yeah. cheaper than what it would take. You know, so now I wonder how are the movies staying in business? I'm not in that niche, so obviously, I mean, they're figuring it out because they are still in business. I'm like, but, you know, who would have thought 10 years ago that that's where we would be at today? But it's yeah, where we're at. <laughs> what, what the movie theaters are doing by me is uh, here in uh, Chicago area is they're becoming a destination experience versus a movie theater, right? So you can go get something to eat. There's a bar. There's games, right? Like you can play laser tag, right? It's they're trying to keep you in the building. Right. That's actually pretty cool though. I mean at least somebody thought outside the box and okay, how can we make this still work? Because I I see the theaters by me. I'm like, how are they even still in business? Because you know, but they're figuring it out. You know, they're doing something. So good for them. But yeah, you're right. You have to learn to evolve and know your audience, know your customers and what can I do to appease them? (laughs) Totally. Now, many entrepreneurs struggle with sales and revenue growth. So what are, com- what are some common mistakes that you observed and how do you guide your clients to overcome these obstacles? Uh, I think it's it, it's similar to some stuff that we've been talking about is, um, you know, staying focused and picking um, certain activities to, to produce uh, results, not trying to take all these different marketing and sales tactics and throwing them you know, up in the air. And one of the ways is actually finding what somebody is good at. Like there's some clients where uh, I meet that um, they don't mind making cold calls and they're, they have some unique ability to get that done. So I focus on, okay, you're going to use this strategy and tactic where other people that um, like a client I just got off of would never even pick up the phone, but loves being around people. And we're building a referral strategy you know, with, with him. So it's, it's, it's finding out um, what you can do well and leveraging that because it will always work. Right. And if you focus on it, you'll figure out um, how to solve your next problem. Like for instance, there's a client where um, he uh, has a commercial real estate uh, brokerage. It's just him and he loves people. So his problem was, hey, I'm not getting consistent enough number of deals. So what we did is we worked on him getting out, creating those opportunities. And now he's like, hey, I'm getting two to four opportunities a week. He goes, but I, uh, you know, some are good, some of them aren't. So now it's like, okay, how do we work on this part of your sales process and problem, Mm -hmm. right? So um, one, you know, focusing on things that you're good at and leveraging it. And then two, Noticing when um, when you solve one problem, it will shift your your biggest problem bottleneck will shift to somewhere else, and then focusing on that because that's what gives you the um, 
the throughput of sales that you're looking for. <clears throat> I mean, it's really, really good that you uh, can point that out to people because I know a lot of people, you know, they're trying to do it all, especially entrepreneurs. They they have a lot on their plate. And like you say, some people are good at certain things, but they're just like, I a lot of people quit right off the bat because they're just like, yeah. I thought I could do this. It just wasn't working, but it wasn't working because you weren't focusing on what you were good at. <clears throat> and, you know, even if it meant, you know, nowadays you can outsource some of the other things that you're not that good at, yep. but you know, people just get overwhelmed. It, it, being an entrepreneur is not easy. There's a lot of work involved, but you know, you might not even know what your strong points are. You need somebody from the outside looking in to say, okay, here's what I see, you know, and uh, that would be a lot of people not quitting. See? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and you know, something to be true. That is that I think, um, many people aren't clear on when they make the jump. Entrepreneurship is hard. You are 100% going to run into a brick wall. And once you get through that brick wall, there's another one coming, right? <laughs> so thinking that, right, thinking that that's, this is going to be smooth is a total falsehood. So I make sure, especially when I meet somebody who's, you know, six months into this, that we have a, a direct conversation like, hey, I'm going to help you, but this is going to be hard, right? Like this is not going to be easy. Like I'm not guaranteeing ease. I'm guaranteeing efficiency, right? I'll help you get to where you want to go faster, but you know, I never know when you're going to go get punched in the face. I'm just here to help you when you get punched in the face. Yeah. People just don't realize, like I always use, not that it's funny, but I always used to make a joke, unless you have a cure for cancer, you know, the whole world isn't going to be beating down your doors. But even if you did, yep. there's a lot of work involved in that. There's marketing, there's who's your ideal, you know, like I know somebody who, you know, they have a somewhat small business where they create these products. Okay, that's great, but who knows about them? You know, you do them in your living room. That's cool, but how do you market? Well, you know, I wore a shirt around it. Okay, so you sold a shirt. It's just a lot of work involved in it, and people are just like, but I could make this great shirt, and that's great, but there's a whole lot more. If you're an entrepreneur on your own, you have yep. a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, you know, showing, okay, what's your strong point? If your strong point is only making the product, Who's going to be your spokesperson or how do you get that out? Some people don't like face-to-face. -face. Maybe it's an online or whatever, you know, but somebody guiding you and saying, okay, how can we get the whole world to know who you are and why you're better than everybody else? You know, that's uh, going to be a make or break <laughs> thing right there. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, this, uh, I'm, I'm positive, you know, this, it doesn't matter how good you are at the thing that you do. If someone else is better at marketing than you, they're going to sell more. Right. It doesn't matter that you are really good because more people know about them and they communicate to them better. Right. That's uh, I, I run into that a lot where uh, especially like um, consultants who are very specialized, like Lean Six Sigma process consultants, like, hey, I can I can help these people transform. I don't understand why that person's winning and I'm not I'm like because you're spending so much time talking about how good you are while your competition is talking about how much they can help your clients or your prospective clients, right? They have better marketing, plain and simple. And I always tell people, it's not about you. I can have the greatest uh, product in the whole wide world. So I'm the customer. What's in it for me? What are you doing for me? Yep. I don't care about you. You know, you have Coca-Cola, you have Pepsi, you both have soda. So what? What one do? What one's better? What one's better for the planet? What one tastes better? What one's less yep. sure? Whatever the case and that's a big mental shift that people have to get out of. It's not about you. <laughs> totally. Now, on-purpose growth has achieved remarkable results with clients, often doubling or even tripling their revenue. 
So can you share a couple success stories that highlight the transformative impact your coaching has had on their business? Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of recent ones. I had a, a client who's a, uh, an integrator slash COO for small businesses. When I was working with her, she had one client um, uh, and uh, and we worked together on building out her ideal client profile, her sales process and things like that. And by the end of us working together, that client had um, replaced her with a full-time person. And in the next 90 days, she went on to put on 47,000 of monthly recurring revenue because she just ran at and she applied everything you know, that would work on. So she wasn't doing bad. I mean, she had a client, but she skyrocketed. Um, and another client who was an outsourced CFO who, um, hadn't sold a client in six, he was doing this for six months, uh, hadn't sold anybody. And, uh, in the first 90 days of us working together, um, he got, uh, $150,000 in down payments from small business owners and $15,000 of monthly recurring revenue because he switched from what you described, from talking about himself to focusing all on them. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, it's things like that is when, when, when it clicks for people, um, when you, when you focus on your ideal client and, and, and you, um, and you drive deep on that, and you utilize, you know, listening and curiosity and these non-sales tactics, it works really well because people just want to be heard and understood and, um, and you become relevant to them. You know, they make an assessment that their life is better off with you in it than without you. And that's how you win. That's awesome. It is, you know, and it's funny because it's not only on like a client side. So say in my, I also do investor relations. And that was one of the things that I struggled with for a long time is that you have these investment companies, you're one of many, and they didn't want to communicate with the people because they're like, you know, I do everything that the SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, requires of me. So what do you want from me? But these guys can choose from any investment vehicle in the whole wide world. They're choosing you. And it took a while for them to kind of get it where what happens in, um, say, for example, closing funds, they have a situation mm-hmm. where if you don't, if, if you're not doing that great, you can get taken over by an activist investor. Now mm-hmm. they have what they call a proxy solicitation where you have to, a proxy fight, you have to reach out to your shareholders and get them to vote in your favor, blah, blah, blah. I won't want to bore you with all this. Yeah, no, but I remember true. reaching out to all these people and they were like, like, especially the top institutional shareholders. And they were like, why should I talk to you? I've been, I've been a shareholder of yours for like the past 10 years. I've been begging to talk to you for the past five and you just completely blow me off. Now that you need me, you want me to talk to you. Exactly. So they, some of those companies got wound up taking over and it's like, you know, they started realizing that even though they're a client of mine, at the end of the day, you have basically clients of yours. These are all your yep. investors. It's not about you. You can say, I have this great investment and that just is what it is. So does everybody else, but why should they care? You know, what makes you better? You know, and it's how you position the story. There's so much involved, but it's like a, a big curve of everybody getting out of their head. It's not about you. That drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, communicating you know, when, with people is huge. Yeah, it's, it's and, and, and I, you know, you clearly know this. Once you get what we're talking about, it clicks, right? It's, it's, uh, it's like once you see the world this way, you can't unsee it. Right. right. It's one of the, one of the things I communicate this by is saying um, people never buy the thing that you sell. They buy the help that they need. 
right? So that's what you that's what they're buying, right? Actually, what you sell is a means to an end of of that, right? And when you really understand that, you talk to, interact with, think about your your ideal clients and your client base way different. Right. And that, that is good, getting people to understand, because that's a good way that you approach it. You know, it's, it is, it's it's how you help them. Even say Disney, you know, I like how they constantly evolve. There's like a new Harry Potter movie, so they have a new Harry Potter ride or whatever. But you're thinking in terms of the family. Why are they here? They're probably one with their kids. They want to make it a family thing. What's going to make this the most memorable? You know, they, they're billionaires. I mean, they don't, but this is how they continuously evolve because they're putting their, I guess, their mindset into their audience, their customers, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, yep. even having, you know, feedback, you know, whether it be, hey, for your feedback, you get a $5 gift card, whatever, you know, I mean, hearing what people want. I mean, because it's it's true. I, I remember doing um, perception studies for certain clients back in the day and they just assume the whole world saw them as this. And then in talking to them, they're like, really, I didn't get that at all. And it's like, wow. So you need to understand what they they see, what they want, what yep. they need. And do you fulfill, you know, fulfill that? So again, dragging this out of people is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Now in a world of rapid changes, how do you ensure that the strategies and techniques that you teach stay relevant and effective, especially as business landscapes evolve? Oh, oh, man, based on what you said, this is going to sound like a plant, but it's um, constantly um, checking in with your market, your audience, and seeing what's most relevant with them um, and and adjusting based on it. Because as you know, markets shift, right? Like one one day I could... uh, I could be talking to my ideal clients and they care about this. And then it shifts a little bit and I become irrelevant, right? I got to, I got to solve a different problem or solve the problem in a different way. So um, we teach uh, clients uh, feed the, the principle of feedback loops. You know, how do you go consistently interact with uh, your client base and stay you know, one step ahead of your competition and make adjustments that maybe your competition couldn't uh, uh, couldn't make because they're bigger or they just say, well, we've always done things, you know, this way. Um, so it's a feedback loops on top of living in the process of the client, right? Mm-hmm. Understand, uh, like, let's go to, to uh, the, the Disney example, right? You know, they live in the process of a family, right? As the family grows, a good portion of their uh, client base kind of disappears, right? I got a 10 and a seven-year-old. They know if they create content and a perception of this fantasy world, my seven-year-old is going to beg me to go there because (laughs) she wants to live in the fantasy world, right? Right. It's happening in my life right now, right? Uh, Uh. And then they, and based on movies that come out that go up in uh, uh, popularity, oh, we're going to make, we're going to make a a part of the park on this. You know, same thing is um, you got to move and adjust with, uh, with your client base. And if there's a big enough turn, like the popcorn company, you have to ask yourself, what is my core business? And how does that solve somebody else's problem in the marketplace? And when you're consistently doing that, when I say consistent, I mean, checking in every six to 12 months, it's not, 
you know, right. all the time. Day, yeah, yeah you, you'll, uh, you'll stay on top of it. Um, and that's a skill just that is continually developed. And I don't think it's, it's ever, ever ending. Right. That's good. And when you say transitioning, it's, um, I guess, even with like, say, clients, how you say their situation evolves. So if they're, you know, working on a company and things, you know, now they have an all new problem, you know, hopefully they understand that, you know, because some people, they just don't like the problem. So if they get another problem, they're like, oh, you're not doing your job. You are doing your job. That's why you're at this level now, exactly. you know, and helping them to see it. That's a great problem to have, you know, <laughs> you know, totally. it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Now, building a thriving business requires more than just sales skills. It's about developing a growth-oriented mindset. So how do you help your clients navigate this transition and align their personal development with their business success? I think it's it's simple. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell a quick, a quick story. So I have a client, Matt, great guy, um, been a client for multiple different years, and um Every so often he would come to me, hasn't happened much lately, but he said, hey, I don't understand this. I introduce you to some of my peers who do this similar thing that I do in, in corporate America. Um, and they come talk to you. They 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 don't necessarily hire you. And and then they stumble and fumble in the, in the marketplace and go back to work. And I said, I, I've told him flat out, I was like, Matt, here's the reason. Um, uh, two things. One, you understand that this is about your clients and this, to be client centric, right? Sales is all about that. And two, you're willing to work on yourself as much as your business. And as you grow, so does your business, right? It's not, hey, I'm just going to be the same person and then do things to my business. He he is his business. And I think that's the key is understanding that, that um, I'm going to work on me as much as I work on my business, because as I grow, my business grows with me. And if somebody understands that general principle, they'll be able to be aware, create awareness of things they have to change and then figure out how to make that change with me or other resources. It is good too. Like, you know, someone who's aware of that, like I always said, um, you know, back in the day, I worked my way up the corporate ladder, started as a receptionist, blah, blah, blah. Well, I know some people who just came right out of college and landed in this position. You know, I'm still working my way up the ladder. But it helped me to really understand every aspect of it. And I never forget that. And I incorporate that into everything that I'm doing because I know every aspect of it. So people understanding that this transition, how you have to keep up with the times and evolve, but understanding the whole big picture you know, every part of their customer base, their client base, or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, is you know huge, and apparently their competition and uh, their competitors isn't doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think entrepreneurship is is as uh, is a personal growth journey, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, you see, so many people. It's like fifty percent continue, fifty percent yep. throw their hands up in the air and quit, but. Didn't have to be that way if they just took a step back way. and got some help. Because I always say, even just getting a mentor, you know, learn from people who've been there, who, who you know, learn from their their examples, you know. But what do I know? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> now, your coaching approach appears to be highly individualized. So how do you tailor your guidance to meet each client <clears throat> where they are? And what factors do you consider in designing their growth strategy and designing their growth strategy? Uh, so, um, 
I think anybody that knows their their business well and their clients knows this the certain areas they can probably break down the the general areas where people have problems in and I've 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 done that too um and kind of in regards to what I was referencing earlier I I figure out as part of the onboarding process where their biggest bottleneck is and we focus on that because it's the thing that when you remove that bottleneck you get the biggest growth and then it's uh, it's following that. So I basically, you know, within a a five part framework, I figure out where to start first, uh, and then move to to the other area. I'm repeating the same things over and over again. They're just in different orders. And what happens is, is everybody, I mean, it is customized, right? It is customized. Everybody, everybody feels it's highly relevant to them, and that approach ensures everybody's success. Right? right. Because it's not about what I, how do I say this? It's not about, you know, um, me being smart. It's about me being able to help them get to where they want to go. Right. right? And, it, and it's, and it's actually having that approach um, because there's only five areas that people have problems in. Totally. Right. If you're coming to me and you want my help, it's only in those five areas. Right. And I guess everybody has like out of the five, they might be stronger in one and weaker in the other. Correct. And, you know, yeah. And again, like I don't ever see my own problems. I need somebody to point them out to me because, yep. you know, to me, I don't see it, you know, and that's cool. And you can help them, you know, direct them which ones are your strong points, which ones are your weak points. And I mean, your success record speaks for itself. So <laughs> that's Thank awesome. You. So now, Lassie, for your entrepreneurs looking to make a significant impact and achieve substantial growth, what would you be your top piece of advice to help them reach their goals and exceed their, their revenue expectations? Oh, that's a really good question. What's the <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to something I already said is realize that this is a, uh, you know, a personal growth journey. And this is about who you're becoming, that um, be willing to change, be open to that change. And, uh, and you will get to where you want to go. It can't not happen, right? <laughs> because being open to change means being open to see things that you didn't see. It, be, it means being able to go, hey, this is not about me. This is about the ideal client. Hey, this is not about me doing all these crazy marketing tactics. It's about me figuring out where my bottleneck is and removing that, right? So um, I think that I think that would be the number one thing, right? Because that, that, that will solve things faster. Right. Nice. Now, anything that you're working on, anything that you want to add or share or that I didn't touch on? No, uh, I'm going to be uh, in a book coming up in, uh, nice. you know, in, uh, in November. It's um, uh, sales mindsets. Mm -hmm. I can give you the, uh, the, the link for the readers. I got to get it. Yeah, uh, it's sure. in collaboration with a couple other people. And, okay. uh, and, and that's catapulted me into a, uh, uh, another book. So nice. <laughs> um, uh, becoming an author is a really exciting thing and just figuring out how to do it more and, and how to do that even more. Yeah. I mean, if you have the skill set and obviously people are recognizing that that's a huge accomplishment mm -hmm. and eventually you're going to do your own book, and, but you yeah, can't give away you. all the secrets, you know? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So how can people get a hold of you? Uh, so there's uh, a couple different ways on any social media site. My handle is uh, my last name, first name, McDonald Brian. I hang out most on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, and it's Brian with a Y, so it's McDonald Brian. Uh, 
you can you can find me at onpurposegrowth.com. Uh, and then I have my uh, speaking website, uh, which is mcdonaldbryan.com. Very, very nice. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Brian McDonald, and that's Brian Woodaway on yeah. per- uh, of On Purpose Growth. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B, and never miss an episode by subscribing. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.